Act Three, Scene Six. The stage is darkened, and there appears in the center, in mid-air, an immense illuminated cross upon which the person of Christ is dying. Beneath it, the chorus of mankind solemnly assembles, robed as for a church choir, prayerfully, with bowed heads and clasped hands. They begin to speak only after a silent prayer, lifting their heads so that their audience may now see their faces clearly. The suffering of those we love the most makes our suffering meaningless. The agony and death of those whose life is dear to us is far more unbearable than even our own. If there is anyone to blame, if there is any responsible, any whom someone can name, whom we can take, try, and condemn for this unwanted crime, we must revenge. We want revenge. So Jews, the gypsies, the homosexuals, the intellectuals that mock us, artists who desecrate our faith, and women who would seduce us, and enemies of God, evil eyes, strangers, niggers, cripples, or widows that won't sell, brothers that don't share, sisters that tell, and wives or mothers whom we fear, most of all, the sick and dying, whose breath and touch may kill. Condemn them, take, try, and condemn them. Preempting ecclesiastic justice, Charles called on God himself, with goading from Faustus, to cleanse the world of evil and recruited an army of children, dressing them in uniform gowns, of Samite with scarlet cruciforms upon their chests. So blessed, he marshaled them to march 
across the land in holy drive to purge and perfect mankind. Daughters told their father's crimes. Sons brought out their mother's sins. The secrets of the household told out loud. The books, the paintings, and the words untold. Private thoughts no one else had ever heard. A massive pyre was constructed. A spiraled climbing structure upon which satanic treasures were thrown, piled, collected, and set to fire. Wind blown, upswept to heaven in charnel thrusts of fisted, coiled, serpent-headed flames. At this bonfire once, an unwise Jew proffered coins and ransom for some book tossed in, which something old and Greek must be something especially lewd or secret, and for his speaking out was himself tossed into the flames, dying in them with shrieks. Charles stood before the Holocaust, at a height upon a platform starkly lit, his shadow cast a colossus against the wall behind him. He proclaimed that henceforth luxuries, sensualities, unchristian things would be condemned, and in her name he asked for guidance from Mary, mother of him, she who has fallen beneath his cross could not look where he is dying, could not speak, heard his breathing, failing, break. He sermonized on pity, on grief, all night until the light of day. He chastised all in pity, in grief, the wealthy for their greed, the poorest for their envy. At daylight he sent out the hordes of frenzied children in various gangs to take the luxuries from every home and bring resistant owners to the flames where they would burn together. Soldiers accompanied the zealous innocents and made sure they'd be obeyed by threat of force or use of it. This would occur all over Germany and spread itself to France and Italy. A crusade of piety the church could not contemn but fell a victim to them as well. The children breached monastic cloisters where ancient books had survived the prejudice of ignorance until this way discovered, plundered, and wrecked were heaped on heavenward flames with the idolatrous and profane. Faustus again had not foreseen what his insinuations might mean and in Württemberg he withdrew, was self-absorbed and recluse. He returned to his intellectual use, believing no action he could take in making society more perfect would not end an evil that forsakes the good that it first might make. Action causes action to be made, and he could not control it once it began. It redounded as to the momentum in the sea, like an ocean wave on wave. Charles maddened, sermonized, 
evils crawls inside of us, O pilgrims. Eviscerate, eviscerate your mother, your father. The worm infests your bowels and your heart. Eviscerate, brother, sister, your child and spouse. Eviscerate yourself. If we die, we die clean. Dying, we shall triumph. Dying, resurrecting. Though reeling like a wobbling top, the world rebalancing settled right. The hand of God or fortune's sway? Or was it just inertia in its way that wealth and power always stays? Restored our natural equilibrium. The Pope deceived the Emperor. A holy mass held in his honor, inveigled him, and he in rags, unescorted, unarmed, unaware, was taken kneeling at his prayers. His knights surrounding him betrayed and beheaded him, so dispatched then to heaven. But this was not the end. For as these human horrors, as to momentum in the sea, like an ocean wave on wave, the rising rages, rage on rage. Inquisitions following came. By these same vicious hands, authorized and acclaimed, the Pope himself empowered them. Inquisitors impromptu to prosecute, heretics subversives that remained. Trials of witchcraft always popular, burgeoning upon confiscatory benefits to the purloining prosecutors, inheritors, and neighbors, were prolonged ten years more after they began, before the prosecutions and confiscations end. If there is anyone to blame, if there is any responsible, any whom someone can name, whom we can take, try, and condemn for his unwanted crime, we want revenge. We must revenge. So Jews, the gypsies, the homosexuals, the intellectuals that mock us, artists who desecrate our faith, and women who would seduce us, and enemies of God, evil eyes, strangers, niggers, cripples, or widows that won't sell, brothers that don't share, sisters that tell, and wives or mothers whom we fear. Most of all, the sick and dying, whose breath and touch may kill, condemn them, take them, try them, and condemn them. The chorus of mankind withdraws, and Christ dies on the cross. Looking up at the audience, he utters his last words as the scene closes. Consumatum est. The stage goes black. It is intermission. Refreshments are served in the lobby. Oh.